none of us like to take responsibility for our shortcomings, and we certainly don't want any consequences. So what do we do? Here's Pastor David. The world hates the idea that they are guilty before a holy God. They do not want to be responsible to God. Right? They want to run their own lives. They want to run their own lives. People tend to react to the idea that they're sinners. If that idea is put in front of them, they tend to react to it a lot like my clients who were accused of crimes would react when they got arrested and charged with something. Some get angry. Call me a sinner. Look at your life. Some pretend to be sorry. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I shouldn't do that anymore while you're watching. But they're just hoping to alleviate. They're just hoping to alleviate the consequences, right? And then some mourn. Some mourn. My mom said I was only sorry because I got caught. And that is a very different sorrow than sorrow over my actions, over my sin, right? Sorrow that my bottom is about to be sore is not the same thing as sorrow that I have violated relationship with God. They're a totally different thing. If there's someone out there today or listening to this online or whatever who believes there is no sin or there is no God, comfort is not the result you will experience when you find out the truth. I'm just trying to be real with you. Now, if you don't believe there's sin or you don't believe you're a sinner, you don't believe there's a God, it's not comfort that's coming your way. That's not the way it's going to work. There is a God. He is holy and perfect. Holy and perfect. And there is such a thing as sin, and you are a sinner. These are facts. If you only mourn over the consequences of your sin, I'm really sad that by sinning I ended up with no money and no girlfriend, or whatever it is, right? It's just the consequences and not the reality of your sin the fact that you have done this thing, that you've sinned against God, then you are not seeing the world as it is and you are not seeing you as you are. You're just sorry that bad things happened. If you're only sorry that you get caught, right? If you're the kind of person who's like this, hey, uh, I realize that there's something that's called sin and so here's how I'm going to deal with it. Uh, I'm going to go to church or give to charity, uh, you know, do some things to kind of make it better, but I'm not going to see the wickedness of my sin. I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to let it change me. I'm not going to mourn over it. If that's you, comfort is not on the way. Because you're not mourning. You're not mourning. Mourning over your sin is a very personal experience between you and God. It is a very personal experience between you and God. David in Psalm 51, he writes this. It says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. David had sinned by adultery and murder. He was broken. He was mourning. 
Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Our sin is personal. It's between us and God. That's where the mourning belongs, between us and God. It's a violation of our relationship with God. We need to mourn over our wickedness. When Jonah comes and tells the people of Nineveh, who he didn't want to go there, there was a fish, there was this whole thing, but he finally gets there. And he tells them, you're wicked. God, he, he sang the Johnny Cash song to them. It's like God's going to cut you down. And their, and their reaction, they started mourning. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They begged for forgiveness. They saw what they had done as evil, and they sought God out. And God spared them, much to Jonah's chagrin. But they mourned. They mourned. Listen to the prophet Isaiah. He says this. This is Isaiah 6, 5. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He, he, he sees God. His, he recognizes where he is, who he is, what he's done. And his response is, woe is me. I'm undone. He's mourning. He's mourning the wickedness so when, he, when he gets a, just a glimpse of what the holiness of God looks like and understands for one second how much God loves him. He recognizes his sin as something horrible and wicked, and he mourns over it. He mourns over it. He's undone. When we look into the perfect mirror of the law, when we look into the perfect mirror of the Torah, right, and we see ourselves, we should be undone. We should be undone. We should see what we have done, who we've become, who we are, and we should be undone. We should mourn our sin if we want to be blessed. Listen to this story Jesus tells. This is in Luke, 9, Luke 18, 9 through 14. It says, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing far off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Which one of these men was mourning over their sin? Not the Pharisee, right? Not the guy who's listing off his good works, well, I go to church twice a month. I give $100 to the United Way, and I'm a pretty spiffy dresser. Not like this guy over here. That guy, no. But the guy who said, have mercy on me, a sinner, wouldn't even look to heaven, recognized who he was and who God was. He got the blessing. He went down to his house justified. Why? Because he mourned what ought to be mourned. He reacted reasonably to the facts. The Pharisee's lying to himself. 
I'm pretty good. You know? Pretty good. Look at these things I've done. The tax collector's under no delusions about who he is and what he's done. One more passage. James 4, starting at verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Both of those passages ended with, be humble, and God will lift you up, right? He who humbles himself will be exalted. He who exalts himself will be humbled. Lament and mourn and weep, you sinners. That's what James is saying. I know the messages like that are not the cool thing to give in some quarters, but it's the truth. It's the truth. We are all sinners, and I'm the worst, but I am blessed. I am blessed. You know why? I'm blessed because I have mourned over my sin, and I had a lot to mourn over. I have wept, and I have been broken, and I have laid down on the floor before God, mourning, weeping. And because of that, because I humbled myself, he's lifted me up. He's given me comfort. He's given me joy. I'm blessed because I mourned, and I have been comforted. And I have been comforted. Why is a sinner so joyful when they're saved? You get these people, they get saved, and they're, they're all excited about it, and they're like, what can I volunteer for whatever? And the Christians like us who are like been in a long time, we're like, calm down, weirdo. You'll be like us soon enough. Nom, nom, nom. Right? <laughs> Why are they so joyful? Why is a new believer so joyful? Because his or her mourning has been turned to comfort and joy. That's why. You cannot fully understand why we sing and dance and praise God if your relationship with Christ was not built through mourning and weeping. Listen to this. This is important. You cannot understand the mountaintop of comfort and joy if you have not been through the valley of mourning. It's not going to happen. You might enjoy church. You might think, oh, it's nice music, or I like this, or I like that. But you aren't going to understand the power of comfort, of joy, unless you've mourned over the person that you have become without Christ and let Christ exalt you. Christ is risen from the dead. He has defeated sin and death and hell, and we can be saved because he paid the price for our sin, if we will accept it. It's like a client, like, like imagine that I had a client who had done something horrible, right? And like the death penalty was on the table. They were going to get the death penalty, and they're mourning over what they'd done. And then we just find out that some other guy just volunteered to take the death penalty for my client. You think that that client's mourning might be turned to joy? Believe that. Believe that. How do you think my client might respond to this person who's given up their life for them? I'd be pretty happy with that person. Right? And what Jesus Christ has done for us is so much more than that. It's much more than just saving us from a physical death that we were facing. He saved us from eternal death and separation from God. You cannot understand I don't recommend this, but if you start thinking about what it would be like, 
to be separated from God eternally and have no hope. That's a pretty dark thing to think of. And Jesus, that's where we were. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not following him now, that's where you are. You just don't realize it yet. But it's coming. Or maybe you do realize it. And that's why you're here. Jesus has saved us from that, from eternal death and separation from God. You were made, this is important, you were made to be in relationship with God. You were designed stitch by stitch to love God and experience his love for you. Okay? You might be good at a lot of things. Okay? You might be a great soccer player. You might be a great plumber. You might be a great architect, whatever. You may be great at a lot of things, but what you were made for, the ultimate essence of your purpose is not in any of that. You know what you were made for? To love God and experience his love for you. You were literally designed for that. All those other things, those are gravy. Those are great, but they're the toppings on the cake. The cake is you loving God and God loving you. That's it. If you are not experiencing joy in your life, if you feel like something is missing in your life and you aren't a Christ follower, this is what's missing. You literally are plugged into the wrong socket. You are not living the way that you were designed to live. And that is you and God in relationship with nothing between you. Just you and him. If that's not happening, you're not going to experience comfort and joy. That's why when sin breaks that relationship, it's such an ugly thing. It's literally a, it's re- literally a violence against your own design against who you were designed to be. And we should mourn that. You were made for another world, for a perfect world, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And his kingdom is coming. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's coming. All things will be made new, and every tear will be wiped away, and there will be comfort and joy, but only for those who mourn. Only for those who mourn. Comfort comes to those who mourn their sin. Have you mourned? I don't mean, have you realized that you're a sinner? Okay? You can realize that without mourning. I mean, have you realized what it means that you're a sinner? Have you realized how serious it is that you violated your design and your relationship with God? Have you mourned over that? Have you wept over that? Have you realized that Jesus died a terrible and painful death for you so that you could be in relationship with the God who loves you? So that he could love you, he gave himself up for you. And the, and the things that you have done that have, have made that cost necessary, you should be mourning those things. Have you? Have you realized that what you've done, you've sinned against God and God only, and you've done evil in his sight. You may feel bad about the fact that your sin also affected somebody else, and you should apologize to them too, but your sin is a sin against your relationship with God. Are you, have you mourned that? Because as we sang this morning, that Johnny Cash song, if you don't mourn your sin, eventually, sooner or later, God's going to cut you down. Judgment is coming. It has to. It has to. Our morality means nothing. Judgment is coming, but I don't want that to be your story. I beg you, I plead with you, don't let that be your story. 
You want comfort and joy? It's here for you in Christ today. For those of you who are Christ followers, but maybe have never had the full experience of a passionate, compelling love for Christ, you don't, you don't know maybe why you don't feel that as much. I would think seriously about whether you really mourned over your sin because when you truly see the darkness and the wickedness of your sin and you truly see what Christ has done for you to pull you out of that and redeem you, it's really hard not to love him. It's really hard not to praise him. For those of you who don't know Christ, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, listen to this online later and you don't know Christ, you can fix that right now. You can mourn over your sin and you can be part of the kingdom that's going to be made new instead of continuing to fight and rebel against God. If you're mourning today, if you're depressed, if you're dealing with those kinds of things, please know that there's hope in Christ. There really, really is. Hope forever and eternally. And hope right here and right now in his church with these people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's close our eyes. And ask the band to come on up. If you have never chosen to follow Christ before, if that's you today, and you are wanting that life in Him, today is the day for you. I'm going to ask a couple of elders, um, maybe a couple of deacons, just head out into the lobby for us. If you need prayer, if you've been mourning, and you just want one of, one of us to mourn with you because we do that. We mourn with those who mourn. We rejoice with those who rejoice. If you just want some prayer, while we're singing this song, if you would just head out into the lobby. If you want to meet Jesus Christ and become a follower, just head out into the lobby and talk to one of these people. They're going to tell you exactly how to do that, how to become new, how to today start living that all things new life. Truth is, You don't need to go anywhere or talk to anyone. All you need to do is talk to Jesus. Tell him you're sorry for your sins. Thank him for dying for you. Ask him to forgive you and be your Lord and Savior, and he will. And if you'd like help or just have more questions about any of this, call us at 360-885-9000 or use email info at axchurchnw.org. We'd love to help you get started living in the joy of life in Christ. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.